0: And our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome, 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 awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, the truly very forgiving of me and all of the dumb things I do, Mr. Eric Robertson. Hello. Listen. I try really hard not to do dumb things. And you know how frustrating it is to try that hard and then to still screw up so badly?
1: Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good.
0: Do you know what I like about that whole train of thought? Is it still is like making it about me. And like, it's so, it's such a, it's like, oh wait, I, I'm sorry. I did this to make it wrong. Oh, I'm so awful. It makes it all about me. Ugh. Oh, look at me doing it again. Ugh. Oh, oh, you guys, you guys, you guys, listen. I'm glad that I'm beating myself up because this is episode 122 Why Capacity Isn't the Same as Ability. Ooh, and how to be nicer to yourself with the bird's papaya. Oh my gosh, you guys. Sarah Nicole Landry, she is, in one word, delightful. People kept saying, oh my gosh, you talked to the bird's papaya. She's amazing. She's blown up like wildfire in the last little bit. And, and everyone was just freaking out. And the only thing I could say is, She is just the most delightful human. I had a smile on my face the whole time, laughing, but with all of that delightfulness, the reason why Sarah is so delightful, and she is a a mother, a writer, a creator, a speaker. She has a blog, her papaya podcast. She does a lot of work around body positivity, body image. But her insight, you guys, her insight and her perspective only comes through living through some tough stuff. I love her insight here. It was such a wonderful conversation. And at the end of the podcast episode, Sarah gives you three concrete ways to check your capacity, because as we talk about, it's not the same as time, it's not the same as ability, and it is a conversation that I think is so important to be having right now, and I am so grateful I got to have it with Sarah. Let's get into it. This is
2: Sarah, is is your last name Nicole, I just go by Sarah Nicole. My maiden name is Corny. And whenever I tell this, people are like, well, what was it? And I was like, no, 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 actually Corny.
0: Well, I love it. I'm so excited to have you on here today. The bird's papaya, as some people might know. Everybody's going to want to bring you on their podcast to talk about all of the amazing, incredible things you share regularly about, which is body image, body resilience, going through big change. And we can talk about that too, Sarah. Don't worry. The reason I got so excited, and I was just saying this to Sarah before we started recording is I had been talking about this idea of capacity. I wrote on my whiteboard at work, expand and open up capacity. I was feeling at so max capacity. My capacity for life was so diminished. I was saying to Julie, who works with me, before this happened, before the pandemic, I was at a very high functioning capacity where I actually haven't been at a high capacity for like six or seven months. Then I started planning my life in this high capacity zone where I could fit all of these things in, and then all of a sudden my capacity got diminished. I was in that mindset, and I'm scrolling through the good old Instagram, and I see this from Sarah, and she says, having time is not the same as having capacity, and I was like, oh, <gasps> Yes, what you say at the end of it, and we can get into it, what you say at the end of that beautiful post was, for I might have all the time, I might have the ability, but I do not have the capacity. When I was thinking about the internet version I know of Sarah, and it's been so fun getting to know you more, where I know you've been through massive change in your life. Honestly, even just your whole platform growing at the rate it did in the last little bit, that's a huge change. That is the thought work of a woman who has an incredible bag of tools that you've had to learn in the uncomfortable, hard ways through hard stuff. I'd love for you to talk about any of those challenges or anything that you want to talk about. But just like we were getting into, you have to come by these tools and then talk about that idea of capacity because it's just so awesome.
2: Of course, I don't want to unpack the entire story. If anybody ever wants it, I'm sure you can find it. But it is one of those things where I don't really believe that everything happens for a reason. But I do believe that good can come from everything. I think when we use the saying "everything happens for a reason," it places the bad things that have happened to us in some sort of a place of power or of positivity. And I don't want anybody to ever feel that about those experiences. But I think for me, the biggest one was years ago when I was really struggling with my body. I was struggling in my marriage. I recently lost 100 pounds only to find out that I hated my body more. My marriage was failing. I'd been doing all these things to try and be so perfect and try and be everything that I thought everybody wanted for me and of me. It clearly wasn't working. And the thing is that so many of us, we do that. It's like this hamster wheel of life. We're doing all of the things, doing it all, and we're not going anywhere because we're so stuck within ourselves because we're not actually pursuing who we are within the midst of trying to make everybody else happy. And I remember sitting Across from my therapist Is she was essentially Breaking up with me A little bit She
0: dumped you Because you wouldn't Listen Not because you were So emotionally evolved She couldn't do anything For you That's what I was thinking
2: no no it was we had <laughs> gone on the hamster wheel of steps that I could take and things that I could do to make things different I wasn't taking them because I was just so scared I was so scared of change I was so scared of making everybody upset her breaking mm. up with me was one of the best things that ever happened because it did push me to really take a step back and realize some things but during my time in therapy with her she kind of explained to me that my entire life all I've been doing is sponging everybody else's opinions for me I'd never formed my own opinion I had suppressed my own thoughts so much so that I didn't even know what my opinions were. I just knew what parts of other people's opinions I liked. And so I had to start paying attention. And this is the thing everyone's always like, oh, you're so insightful. You have this. I'm like, no, no, no. I just learned to pay attention. And we go through life every single day. And as creators, you know, these magic moments where you have to capture it because every day we're having thoughts flow in and out of our minds and we have them when we're going to sleep and we think we're going to remember them in the morning. And the fact is we don't. So for me, I I just started getting really good at paying attention to having the self-awareness to paying attention to my emotions so that I could form an opinion and more than that get to know who I was.
0: I want to pause really quick not to interrupt you. Sometimes I just have to pause to compliment you. You had to pay attention to form your own opinions. That is such an incredibly humble, beautiful, vulnerable thing to share. I just want to thank you for sharing that because I know what you just talked about is going to resonate with so many people. And you talk the same way where I talk where I'll be like, well, I was having anxiety attacks every day for six months. We say it so casually that I think sometimes the weight of it, it's so normal to you. It's so part of your story. But being able to acknowledge, I think it's a challenge, not specifically to women, but more specific to women. Adopting other people's opinions as our own, that's huge. I get so many questions from women because I say, if you feel called to do it, freaking do it. And they're like, what if I don't know what I feel called to do? I think that's one part of it. And I think part of it is because a lot of us have not been trained to pay attention to what we want and what our opinions are, rather than what you were saying, what was going to please everybody else around you.
2: Exactly. And it's a constant reevaluation, And this is the difficulty when we're being so validated by how we perform online and how our numbers are. I actually was a weight loss account. I went blogging 12 years ago when I was losing weight. People loved me for it. So I was like, okay, that's my thing now. Even though I was so suffering in disorder eating and really struggling to even like my body. I had more anxiety around my body than ever because now my body was my performance track. And you know those compliments, they begin to start to be who you are. When I shifted yeah. and I started paying attention to my thoughts, I started being aware of how from all ends of the spectrum, relationship stuff, whether it was job stuff, whether it was food stuff, whether it was fat phobic thoughts, it was such a wake up call when you realize how dark some of your thoughts are and how much they're driving your life. Stepping in. Into being more self-aware, my content had to shift. Because if you want to be true to yourself, who you are online is an extension of you. And I started to really play into that a lot more. And I actually reversed the way I was doing Instagram, I guess, because most of us we'd have this really gorgeous picture and we'd be like, what inspirational quote can I put at the caption of this? <laughs> we all know. We'd like Google like a keyword, mother's inspirational quote, and go through thousands and be like, this is the one. And then we'd put it onto our photo because sometimes our photo photos were the content and sometimes they are for me too. But I started actually writing. I started having those moments late at night where it's, something would come mm. up and I would email myself and I would tell myself something. What happens when you create from those key moments of truth for yourself is you don't realize how many other people are actually feeling, thinking, and having those same experiences because we're humans. And while so different, there's so much connectivity between us. What I thought before, what made me so popular, my body and how I look, turns out that my heart and my Thoughts would be the thing that actually would perpetuate me forward. It would actually be in my failures. It would be in the discomforts. It would be in my vulnerabilities and removing of shame that would become the thing that would connect me to so many humans in such a beautiful way. When we talk about this whole time and capacity thing, to bring it there, when the quarantine first happened, I'm traveling every other week. So I'm now home. I'm actually kind of excited yeah. and thankful. I'm not on yeah. a plane this week. I'm taking the week off. I was supposed to be in Australia. So I was sad about it, but I was like, I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna perpetuate for it. I'm gonna finally get my house in order. This is gonna be so good. I'm gonna spend all the time with my children. I'm gonna spend all the time with my husband. We're gonna have the best time. I started doing that. I started just ripping through the house and organizing things and getting all this stuff done. And as things went on and it started to get darker and darker in the world, I started to feel more and more tired. I'm an empath. I don't know about you, but when you're an empath, you start to hear and wear the pain of the world. The day before I wrote the time and capacity piece... I had spent the entire day from sun up to sun down. Playing Animal Crossing, which is a video game on Nintendo Switch. I was playing Animal Crossing for probably 12 hours, and the next day I woke up, and I was getting ready, and I noticed that all the toilet bowls had orange rings in them. Our house had gone to crap. We've lived in it so much, and I was like, I had all the time yesterday, so much time to do this, clearly because I spent 12 hours, and I was almost like scolding myself, and then you know what? That was probably the most peaceful day I've had since this all began began. As a family, we sat down. There were so many positives to it. My anxiety was the lowest it's ever been. I felt excited to wake up, but all I could see was the fact that I had all this time and I wasn't doing all these things. I looked at my husband and I said, I felt so bad about playing a video game yesterday, but it's hit me that just because I had all of this time does not mean I have all of the capacity. And I said, I really thought this house was going to get so in order, but I think that we need to give ourselves so much grace because even though we have all the time and all the ability." we're dealing with uncharted territory here with something that has no end date, has no rule books, no guidelines. Yes, my kids are playing more video games than ever. Yes, I'm playing more video games than ever. Our incomes are changing. So much is happening. People are saying we all have to face the fact that it's not because we didn't have time. That's not our excuse anymore. Like, what excuse do we have? Because we've had all the time. Why aren't we doing it all? It kind of brought me down to this core thing and just paying attention to that thought that said, I don't have capacity. I'm doing the best I can. I'm incredibly unstable right now. I think I've gone from sobbing all day, anxious panic attacks to like the next day being completely fine and feeling like I somehow have to justify that to people. Sometimes I'm so sad and then other times I'm like, look at all the hilarious TikToks I found today. I'm just swinging. I'm just swinging back and forth through emotions and that's okay. I think that we all kind of have to allow ourselves whatever it is, like I'm drinking Diet Cokes again. I had some people, like just because you lost your reins, like sweethearts, there are no reins anymore. There are no reins. Years ago, I used to have a really, really bad Diet Coke problem and I don't like to create moral values around food and stuff anymore, which is funny because when I posted about drinking Diet Coke, again. Somebody was like, oh, I've not gone back to any bad habits. I'm not drinking any bad things. The can of Coke did not murder a child. It is not morally bad. It is less nutrient dense than maybe a fruit (laughs) smoothie, but I'm not sad about drinking it. It's just like all these little things, like I'll have an extra spoon of sugar in my coffee and I'm telling you, it makes me feel a little bit better in the morning when I'm drinking that coffee. Just finding and capturing those little things that do feel good right now because so much doesn't feel good. I used to uh, quite honestly, I didn't drink anything but Diet Cokes from sunup to sundown. When I I was trying to shift a lot of my thinking around food. Like I just want to eat things that feel like fuel. And I realized it was a crutch for me. I had stopped drinking pop for like years and years and years. The second all this started, I was like, we need to get some Diet Coke in the house. It's just this one little thing, this one little thing to lean on that yeah. feels so good right now. And morally is not bad. It's not killing me. It's just something I'm doing. And it's a way that I'm coping. And it feels amazing. When I said that, I actually said Diet Coke and bowls of cereal. Couldn't believe how many people were like oh yes me with the cereal too so many people eating bowls of cereal again I wonder if there's something about everything happening right now that we're grasping at things that feel comforting it's so shocking to me how much pressure there is especially on women to use this time to get in shape to make healthier meals and all this stuff again back to this capacity thing I don't know that in a global pandemic our focus should be on how are we going to look when we come out of this I think our focus should be on being safe and alive when we come out of this. this This
0: is so, so good because how many people don't realize that that is the focus? How I will look in a recent episode with Beauty Redefined where we're talking about self-objectification and body image, so many people are not realizing it's all the same issue. It's just in a new casing, which is a pandemic.
2: And you know yourself, you went from running for your stress, your body was loving it, and then you got hit by a freaking car. And I think a lot of us were like, oh, she's had such great progress though. I can't imagine how your mind would have been going coming out of this alive was the core thing. Not is she going to gain weight? Not am I going to gain weight? Not how is my body going to look afterwards? But holy crap, I got hit by a car and I'm on the other side. I'm sure life has never been the same. You don't look at ability the same way ever again. Nothing is really guaranteed. We've taken so much for granted. And I think a lot of us have been running, 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 and we just got hit by a car. And we're trying to grasp how we're going to get out of this situation with gratitude and not with more pressure to come out exactly as if we had never been hit by a car. It's
0: always how we look in so many ways as the marker of success. You had a baby and you don't even look like you had a baby. You're so successful. You've touched on so many good things. When you were talking about having the capacity, you said giving ourselves so much grace. Really, that's what it comes down to. But let's say, because you know we're both writers and we love to wrap things up in a fun way. If you were gonna maybe give one or two or three tips for how to either measure your capacity, notice your capacity, or give yourself grace, if people are listening and they're like, well, how do I know what my capacity is? You were saying this is the result of years of awareness and paying attention and going through a divorce after a 11-year marriage, coming out on the other side, all of these different things. What are some tips or how-tos
2: and I think that it does come down to that self-awareness at first. And I think that there's going to be things that we just don't like, and it's going to be deciphering things we just don't like to do versus things we don't have capacity for. When you're paying attention, you're like, I don't like to do the dishes after dinner. It's not that you don't have the energy or capacity to do it. I used to have that all the time where I'd be like, I just don't want to do this right now. And I had to really decipher between knowing that I had the ability and capacity in that moment to do it. And what it does when you take on that task is it removes it from your plate. But I think right now that so many of us are just trying to manage between like work and home and all that stuff when we're saying yeses and noes to things pay attention to that immediate feeling afterwards because it's either positive or it's mm. almost regretful I felt that a lot at the very beginning of this because I very much over committed myself and now I've been slowly having to be like nope let's push that off nope let's push that off and that's okay because I was working and functioning off of the capacity that I had weeks ago that isn't there anymore it does come down to that key bit of awareness but also paying attention to the function of your life and home the rings in my toilet don't actually make the toilet work any better the garbage bin being Mm. overflowing does there is this creative home challenge and they have it day by day so it's like day one clean your microwave day two organize the mail you start to like break down the stuff so that you don't look at everything and go this is too overwhelming for me I can't do it Break it down by individual little sections and then you won't even have to even have that time and capacity conversation. You're looking at segmenting a part of your day that is so minuscule. And it's the same way I feel about exercise or movement. I don't want to do it. There's not a part of me that genuinely loves it. I never have. But it's been so good for me to put my energy and anxieties into something like that because I have to pay attention to that moment immediately after I make that decision because I feel better. I feel good for doing it. I don't want to go out in the cold at nighttime. I don't know what it's like there, but it's really cold still here. So we're going out for walks every single night because this is something that actually builds my capacity. A phone call with your mother, it's actually building my capacity. I slept the best I've slept all week after having a phone call with my mom and just letting some things out. It's not even about getting things done it's what is actually going to fill us back up in this moment and in this time. And can we give a little bit more energy to that as well? And I think that that's kind of the key is paying attention to the after effects of doing stuff. What is draining us? What is filling us? And how can we balance those two things together when everything's in an entirely different ballpark right now?
0: You're good because you got all of those right off the cuff.
2: I adore human behavior and I adore understanding why we're so connected as beings. We've never even had a face-to-face conversation. This is our first conversation, but it feels like I've been talking to an old friend and we have to pay attention to that. As much as all of this feels like we're so removed from the world, we're actually in the first time in our lifetimes are we in the exact same fight with the entire world standing with us. And I think that that is so powerful. It's so beautiful. It can build so many core relationships. And I love paying attention to human behavior so that we can kind of explore and share in the experiences of it. I think if anything started me on the path of even blogging, it was born out of feeling alone. It was born out of the pits of motherhood. It was born out of sadness and in stifled creativity. I always thought it was about the crafts. I thought it was about my body. I thought it was about how good of a writer I was. And really what it was, was the ability and opportunity through an app on a phone to connect with other humans no matter what it was that we were going through. And I think that that is probably the most beautiful thing to come out of the last two decades is the power that social media has to kind of gift us that. I love how you said
0: we're all going through the same experience. One thing I've noticed from living in Utah, a lot of people are the same religion. A lot of people are in the same age. I'm from Southern California and I moved to Utah and I noticed in the same breath, of the connectivity of the same experience. I've noticed that the people I find myself judging the harshest are people who I think have a similar experience. If somebody maybe suffers from a ton of anxiety and they keep not showing up to social things. This was a few years ago. I watched myself doing this. I'd be like, I'm having anxiety attacks in my car too. And I pulled it together and got to the dinner for so-and-so's birthday. And I was like, I wonder why I'm judging so harshly because I I think I know their experience. And I think that's also happening right now, the connectivity and the beauty, but also all of our capacity is diminished right now. But then it's easy in that same way to be like, I still got this done and why can't so and so. We've moved out of the fear and the anxiety and the panic into the shame and the blame and the judging phase of the pandemic.
2: it's so hard. I always thought that at certain levels of doing this, I would stop being so impacted by negative comments. People are hurting more than ever. They've lost so much. And they're speaking what I call wasp. You know, when you're in a little bit of a tiff with your significant other or your partner, and you just start speaking waspy to each other, that's happening. I had somebody (laughs) literally DM me and she was like, I just can't stand when you chew gum. Or sweetheart, I'm so over the way that your tone of voice is. And I was like, you're just looking. You're looking for something. You're finding those things. We're speaking wasps. I'm very much of the heart and mind that hurt people hurt people. But we are not a punching bag for the hurt. And I'm not saying, oh, poor creators online. They are relatively unaffected. But at the same time, we become human targets for a lot of pain. I've never experienced so much influx in negativity than I have in the last couple weeks. It has impacted me so greatly. Already as an empath, you're just sad that people are starting to look for negative things in you. I think that we all just have to sit back and remember that we are actually all in the same situation. We're all coping so, so different, but we just have to be so gentle. We have to be so gentle. While I sit and I try and be positive about things, and sometimes I really am, on Saturday, a few of the negative comments came in and it derailed my entire day. I was was in bed early that yeah. night. I cried myself to sleep. Like couldn't even make sense of it. People are hurting so much and they're just trying to hurt me. And I'm trying to remember that, but it is not an easy time. And I think we just have to be so, so gentle, but you're right because people respond in different ways. We start to expect others to respond in the same way that we're responding. And it's so unfortunate. It's not reality for so many. We have to take a step back and realize that if that one woman has all the capacity, she's teaching her kids business law off of a chocolate bored at home like god love her she's doing her thing and if my kids are eating cereal off the floor and playing video games and that's their reading also valid we're gonna come out of this this is not forever nothing about this will define us for the rest of time none of it everything that we're feeling crap about all of it that we're feeling guilty about we've gained weight or we've lost weight whatever it is it doesn't matter because this is temporary. It is not forever. If anything, it's reminded us that our money, our jobs, our status, our power, our looks, our abilities, our families, like whatever it is that we currently felt validated by, they're now nothing because we're all in the same boat. We're all on the same level now. People are still losing and winning in different ways, of course, but if everything can be taken away from you, what is left standing? And if we had validated ourselves by our finances or our positions or our jobs or our homes, and now we've lost a lot of those things, where does that put It doesn't put us in a position where we're of less worth. We are of the same worth we always have been. Now we get to pay attention to what that true worth is and validate those parts of ourselves and not all the rest of it. And I'm speaking to myself when I say this too, because I'm telling you it's rough when you lose money, when you lose camaraderie. Friendships are being challenged. Your relationships are being challenged. The things that were your identifiable factors before this, everything's being challenged, but it's temporary. So we cannot let this section of time, this little tiny paragraph in this chapter in this big story of life define us. It just can't. That's a true statement for all of life, basically. It is. It's
0: never the circumstances that define us, but the experience and the choice. Humans are meaning-making creatures. We make meaning of experience and our response to it. I appreciate you sharing openly about the negativity and how it affects you because I am the same way where I'm like, I'm evolved and I've read the four agreements and I go to therapy and I know not to take things personally. Any negativity can really, really affect me. Julie, who works with me, said this the other day when... Something was really upsetting me and I was like, I should be better than this. She's like, just because you quote unquote know better doesn't mean you don't get reaction time. Isn't that good? She's so wise. It was so helpful and I feel like everybody is gonna have a different amount of reaction time to what's going on right now. We're going through the same experience, but we're bringing different backgrounds to the table. We're bringing different tools to the table. Even me judging the girl with anxiety years ago, I finally was like, just because I have anxiety doesn't mean I know what her anxiety feels like. Just because I have kids, I have three kids, doesn't mean I know what your three children feel like
2: if we externalize the factors of things like anxiety or PTSD and all that stuff, you have anxiety. It is a pillar of you, but it is not you. Same with me. I have anxiety. It is a pillar of me, but it is not me. Those externalized factors of anxiety might play out entirely different ways. For everybody, it kind of places itself somewhere a little bit differently. And it's so interesting. If you look into Enneagrams and stuff like that, my husband and I, we've been like loving that we are both the same Enneagram. We're literally both two W3s. 90% of the time, that is a fantastic thing. However, when you actually cope the same way, let's say you had anxiety the exact same way somebody else had anxiety and you're together. It's not actually great. So my husband and I, we think it's so fantastic because like I said, 90% of the time, so, so great. We don't fight, we feel the same way about things. We don't argue very often, but when we do, Lord help us, it is atrocious because we're both so broken and the exact same level the mm. exact same way we can't comfort each other we can't because we're both yeah. in the same amount of emotion in the same place and I feel the same way about all the stuff happening right now I'm like imagine all of us were responding the exact same way or that everyone was responding the way we were responding we probably wouldn't feel very good everyone's bringing something different to the table that actually should lead into a positive experience because some people will have great capacity some days some will on other days we can't all have the same reaction at the same time or the world would implode <laughs> it wouldn't be so yeah. great it's a good thing to remember that we don't actually want ourselves to all have the exact same experiences, especially in the corners of mental health and stuff. I have friends who experience anxiety as well, but in different ways. Still, mine will be like a heart racing, but more like an elephant on the chest. So I often have symptomatic anxiety, but I can't place the thought with it. I don't know where Mm. it's coming from. I have nowhere to place it. It's almost just in me. For some people, it's all worry. It's all thought. Everyone is so, so different. And that's actually a blessing if we're willing to look at it that way. This
0: has been so... So incredible, Sarah! I love to ask people just as a little fun. When you and I are hanging out and we're cutting loose on the dance floor, what's one of your signature dance moves? And it's hard because you have to describe it. It has to
2: be a dance move. Oh, or just like what what, do you do when you're on on the dance floor? What kind of dancer are you? I'm taller, like I'm 5'8", so I tend to kind of do a lot of squat and hands in the air to kind of like break up my body proportions. But I also, to be honest, if I'm going to recall my dance moves, a lot of them are like during a time where I've had potentially a shot of tequila. So there's not a lot of memory involved in a lot of these. Yeah, my husband is so funny though. He has a classic, he's had one too many drinks dance move and it's like his fingers are in front and he does this like Uh shift thing with his Mm -hmm. fists. It's so funny looking at wedding photos photos of like everybody else's weddings when he's a guest at it it is so easy to see what your moves are but I just have a good time and as much as I have evolved into having my own opinions and not being such a sponge I definitely sponge dance moves of the people around me so if people are starting a certain type of dance I will do that type of dance but yeah I
0: love it what is a song a go-to power song for you or a song you've been listening to what's a jam you love that helps you feel more awesome
2: Anything by Britney Spears. I am a diehard yeah. fan. She is an icon of icons. Her and her miniature furniture and hilarious Instagram is the best thing ever. No, I really, really do. Her music is like power music for me. People don't realize yeah. like, how many bangers that girl has had. Like you put on like her greatest hits so and you're like, oh yeah, like this is so good. That's my jam. When I talk about like working out at home, a lot of people don't realize I throw down a yoga mat as like almost just a mental tool. I really just dance in my bedroom for a good 20, 30 minutes. It's feeling like I'm adding exercise moves in there, but mostly just dancing yeah. to Britney in my bedroom, and it's fantastic. It's such a great time. I
0: love it. I'm actually gonna do that. Oh, here. it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have
2: to do it. Have to do it. You just pop a little, some squats in there. Maybe do a few push-ups. Like that's a workout. You'll feel it. This is
0: the best exercise routine I've ever heard. In my, I'm just because I dance. I'm just gonna add some push-ups. Obviously, people are gonna want to be your best friend now. If they weren't already your best friend. So you have a podcast. It's Papaya Podcast.
2: The Papaya Podcast is a lot of deep conversations, but around everything from race to sexuality. We've talked about alcoholism. We've talked about eating disorders. We've even talked about human trafficking. So I think it's all about hearing other human stories and getting to experience those together. And sometimes we have an expert on, but most of the time it's just us regular folks. Find me on Instagram
0: at TheBirdsPapaya. Okay. Come on now. How great is that? I love picturing Sarah dancing to Britney. <laughs> I I danced to some Britney um, after our interview, in homage to her. And so will you do me a favor? Will you go find her on her Instagram? Maybe go listen to her podcast, but just leave her a little comment telling her what you liked about this interview, because you know I'm a words of affirmation girl, and let's go ahead and share that with Sarah to thank her for her beautiful transparency. You can follow her. The Birds Papaya on Instagram. Listen to her papaya podcast. I link to both of those in the show notes. You know what else I link to in the show notes, Eric?
1: Tell me. I want to know.
0: My new journal.
1: Oh, yes.
0: My new daily guided journal, they just started shipping out and I cry basically every single time I see someone posting it. The stories of hope around the journal, people who are going through hard hard times and this journal is coming to them as a source of hope to tune in with themselves, to get that positive little thought nugget in the morning and, and focus their day with intention It seriously just means so much to me, and I want you guys to know that I created the journal for me because (laughs) I I, I combined all the practices I was already doing into one simple journal, but the people I had in mind was you guys, the Awesome Empire, the people who listen to this podcast because the whole goal is to feel a little more awesome than you did before. Every single day is a little more awesome when I do this quick, basically two-minute journal practice. You'll notice there's not a bunch of ads on our podcast, but buying one of these journals, gifting one of these journals, is a huge way that you can support Eric and I in the work we do. And also, it's just going to serve you as well. So there's a link to that journal. They're out now. The first batch is going really fast. And so hop in there. But thank you so much because I know so, so many of you have already bought the journal. Do you have a review for us?
1: Yeah, this is from uh, J. Catherine ED. She says, five stars isn't enough. Warning, this podcast does exactly what it's designed to do. Read the reviews, people. Fresh, authentic, crispy, vulnerability, coupled with consistently showing up for her audience. It's made all the difference in how I show up for my family and clients. What? Bless the cards you've been given and I'm all in for the ones I've been dealt. Thank you for all your time and effort. I'm going out to to slay this day. J. Cath-
0: Cath- J. Catherine. J. Catherine, J. Catherine, thank you so freaking much for that review you know what eric we have gotten so much feedback on that um playing the cards you've been dealt podcast isn't that nice fun?
1: that's cool I sometimes that.
0: i don't tell him things until right now guys. Yeah, i didn't know that <laughs> he's not in my instagram he doesn't see but i see i see you guys sharing about the podcast and it means so much and those reviews mean so much so Jay Catherine, shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at the Show.com. we're gonna get you some goodies as a thank you for that review Thank you, all of you. So many of you write the reviews. They're huge. They help boost us in the algorithm. The algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to say it that way. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like sometimes. It just feels real, real nice to know how the podcast is impacting you. So thank you guys so much for all that you do. Can I just tell you this, friends? <sighs> yes. Yes. Sometimes we do our best and we try our hardest and we still screw up or we still say and do dumb things. Sometimes, It's hard to get out of bed. Sometimes we have all the time and all the ability and we just don't have the capacity. And even in those times, you are magnificent. You are a miracle. You are exactly what this earth needs, precisely what you need, precisely what one other person on this planet needs. And we can doubt it all we want, but I know it to be true. And it's an honor to be able to share that truth with you week after week, which is why I say... Only you can be you, and you are already as awesome as you need to be. I love you so much. What are we going out on, okay. Music Man?
1: Brand new song. This one's called I Want to Go To There.
0: After Liz, Faye, Lemon, Liz of Lemon, and she, I told Eric, fun fact, I learned that she got that line from her daughter, like when she was four. Which, I want to makes go so to much there. Sense. I yeah. want to go to there. Give it to me.
1: So, as you know, our library is $99 for a limited time. So, if you're creating any content or want your videos to look rad and spicy.
0: But don't didn't you give them a discount on top of your library well, yeah, yeah. discount? yeah, right now
1: it's it's a limited time it's $99 but if you use code awesome with Eric, which some of you are using, which thank you very much. You guys
0: every single time somebody uses an awesome with Eric code, we're we're in bed, we're in the yard. Hey babe, hey babe, someone just used awesome with Eric <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that code. Yeah, because everything's awesome yeah. with Allison. So yeah. when, every every when it's awesome with Eric, I feel pretty cool, pretty pretty cool. <laughs> this song's called "I Want to Go to There." It's under the new releases at Pleasant Pictures Music Club.